From the Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com. Well, well, very pleasant. Uh, good morning to you. This is Patrick Timpone. And why doesn't my camera work? Where is it? Well, I'll just do that. <laughs> the buttons aren't working. God. The buttons aren't working. I may need to... Nah, it's okay. There's Tom Luongo. You know, the buttons are working. You're there. I press all my little buttons, Tom. It says, you can't do that. No, you can't do that. You can't do that. So I'll do it by hand here. We'll do it, we'll do it anyway. Good morning. How are you? I'm, I'm just fine. The person to my immediate, my political left or right, depending on your screen, is Tom Luongo. He's a, he's a good man. He comes on from time to time, and we're grateful because we think he's one of the top guys around that looks at the geopolitical, financial um, landscape, and he knows where a lot of the bodies are buried. That's why we like to talk to Tom. His website is Gold, Goats, and Guns, TomLuongo.me, and uh, you can join up and be a Patreon guy like I am. I think it's like, what is it, Tom, 12 bucks a month, some 12, 13, something like that? Yep. It's 12 bucks a month, yeah. I, I get these great reports, and I actually, someday when I have enough money to trade, I'm going to know how to trade these things that Tom teaches us how to do. He looks at charts, and it's really cool stuff. So, Tom, welcome. Thanks. Um, you, you made it through the, uh, the, the hemicane. That's a politically correct term now. It's a hemicane. You made it through okay? Oh, I say it's a hurricane. Yeah, because, are, because we've, we've decided to erase women from That's right. uh, the political landscape or the genetic landscape, apparently. Yeah. You guys did okay down there? I know uh, last time. We were, yeah, I, yeah. It, it, it missed, Adalia missed us, actually. We were, we were probably right in the path of the eyewall when it made landfall, mm -hmm. the edge of the eyewall when it yeah. made landfall. And then uh, it jogged north 15 miles. Like it hit the land and literally went straight north 15 miles and then proceeded on the the, the, the same vector, mm -hmm. um, sparing the southern port of the county that I live in. Um, the entire county was without power and we lost power for about two and a half to three days, which I was surprised. I was wow. expecting it to be longer than that. Wow, um, it's a long time. And uh, which was fine, you know. It, it's like we get our, we don't get hit that often. Where I am in in in, in Florida, which mm. is that which is that that rural area north of Gainesville. So think Lake City, Suwannee County, Columbia, Union County. They don't usually get hit very hard. Mm -hmm. um, aside from the fact that we're up a couple hundred feet above sea level, and there's a you know an hour's worth of forest in between us, and you know this the way the wind patterns and the way the weather patterns at the hit. You know, it has to be a direct, it has to be a, the, the perfect mm. way for the hurricane to, to the mm -hmm. perfect mm. track for it to hit us. And we had one of those. This, Adalia was literally that that track. And we're like, okay, this could get dicey. You know, it'll hit us as a, maybe a cat too. And we've lived through, you know, strong cat ones in the past. And mm. so I wasn't like worried. I just knew that I was prepared for, you know, yeah. a couple of days worth of, you know, sweating. Yeah. <laughs> That's so the best way to put it. So, uh, and that so, was that. So, so you have gold, gold. Anyway, I know I had a, I had a thunderstorm on Monday night, Patrick. That was yeah. far worse than that. Really, he yeah. ripped up over our heads and like we threw lightning at us for an hour. Like like Zeus himself was coming down to like <laughs> tell us that we were, you know, sinners. It was really quite impressive. You've been bad. Um, actually, we didn't lose power through that, so that was great. So you've been so your gold, goats, guns, and obviously generators. So you did okay. You had a generator yeah, for three yeah, days. Wow. Yeah, I have a generator. Yeah. Of course, I and mean, I, you can't live up. I did that once when mm -hmm. I first moved out here. And that first summer, we got hit with two hurricanes back to back, and I was without power 
after the second one, which wasn't a really strong storm, mm -hmm. but it was Charlie and it came across the state, you know, wiped out um, Stuart and then moved up to us, turned over us for 24 hours and dropped rain on us for 24 hours. I literally went outside halfway through the storm because it, it wasn't like it wasn't the wind wasn't bad. Literally went outside and took a shower in the rain. Um, <laughs> and uh, and then we were without power for between like somewhere. I think it was seven days. My wife says it was 10 days. All I know is that after day six of not being able to sleep in the in the in the 95 st degree stifling heat uh, in my newly built house that I went to work at when I was working at the University of Florida at the time, and I, I I walked in to work and took the day off and posted a sign on my on my laboratory door that says Tom is not here, he's asleep in his chair because <laughs> I hadn't slept honestly oh, in almost six days and right. I was just miserable. So and so I just literally sat in my chair and slept most of the day yeah. away. Of course, you know the graduate students and the the postdocs were like Tom, you're back. I have so many questions. I'm like, leave me alone. I'm asleep. I'm not here. The, I'm sorry, not appearing on this day at work. This like, generator you have is out. it. Does it run on uh, propane or or gas? No, I have. I just have a standard gas generator, but that is that is like I, I, one of the things that I I want to do and I will do um, over the course of the next year or so is do to get propane. a dual fuel generator because I do have propane at the house. Mm -hmm. So we're gonna you know rearrange things, but you know as it, as it works now, I have a you know I'll, I'll upgrade the size of my tank. I'll put in a different generator. Mm -hmm. I'll build a permanent structure for it and everything else yeah. so, so we've, i'm, I'm we've curious re, we've repurposed an old an old um uh chicken coop mm -hmm. chicken tractor as the as the covering for our, our, our oh uh, the covering so when you do a generator i'm curious because i don't know that much about them do you does this generator have to run 24 7 it doesn't no, I mean, what I do hmm. is I just like most normal people, what you really care about is losing your freezers and losing your, uh, your, the stuff in your refrigerator. So, you know, your chest freezers are remarkably efficient. So, you know, you just need to run them for about an hour or two every, I see. you know, honestly, every day mm -hmm. and just to cool them back down because they'll hold if they're full. And we generally can keep the freezers full of meat. So, um, you keep them full and they'll hold for 48 hours without mm -hmm. really thawing. Mm -hmm. That was what was so dangerous about having seven days without power. The first time we literally had to cook everything that was in the, 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 the freezer. My wife canned beef stew for like two days straight <laughs> and potatoes and everything else. Cause my wife knows how to do all that. So we spent days in our house, sweating to death and canning wow. all the stuff that was in our, yeah. that was in our, freezer this time though we just you know pop the generator on for a couple hours refrigerators will last for about four to six hours so i would just every i just run the the, the generator for a couple hours mm -hmm. here and there and uh you know it's a, a few gallons of gasoline to save you know a couple of thousand dollars worth of meat so without yeah. without being on the uh internet do you get a lot of reading done and just quiet quiet work stuff that you Put off? Um, it's too hot for that Is and it? i do have just enough cell service that i can you know pop on the I see. uh the the hot spot on my phone mm. and do some basic stuff i would work in the mornings i i worked every morning that we didn't have power mm. or i would just go into town and i would you know, use somebody else's wi-fi and air conditioning i yeah. i when the power goes out i spend a lot of time at wendy's i don't know about anything else but that's what i do uh <laughs> And uh, go get a hamburger and, a, and an unsweet tea and sit and use their Wi-Fi for a couple of hours to get some work done. So sure, that's, sure. What I, that's what I know. I think this is good information. I'm just kind of digging in a minute before we start on our other stuff. Sure. Because I think it's, it's don't you think it's good for people to have an idea of how this works? I mean, here in Texas, our oh, yeah. grid, 
you know, they'll, they'll shut it off in a heartbeat if too many people use their air conditioning. Seriously. It's ERCOT. No, I know. Yeah. We're, I'm, I'm, I've been really impressed. I mean, again, I live in rural, sorry, in rural North Florida, not rural mm-hmm. North Florida. <laughs> rural, North, rural North Florida. Rural North Florida. And in the past 20, in the 20 years that I've been out here and I moved out of the city of Gainesville and I moved into, um, into the, the, you know, into the sticks amongst all the really awesome rednecks. Um, what I've noted is that my rural electrical cooperative has really improved their grid. I have a couple of patrons who work, you know, in the energy industry here in Florida, you know, liaisoning and and and, teach, and telling them about you know, power and whatnot. And we talk about it all that. We get together mm-hmm. for lunch every once in a while, and you know, he said, "Oh yeah, your your electrical cooperative, you guys have done. They've done really really good work over the last um, 10, 12 years to upgrade." their their grid and i've noted this as well is that it used to be the wind would blow hard and i'd lose my power for an hour mm. or you know a lightning strike would happen within two miles of my house and it would overload the grid and i'd lose power i i had like i said i think i had the worst lightning storm in 20 years the other night it was so bad i was sitting on my porch listening to an audiobook right like i can't really do much and you know gotta can't have the laptop open with the rain flying around and everything else so i just you know listening to an audiobook and i couldn't hear the book with you know everything turned up on high because you know I, I'm, I'm using bone conduction headphones so my i got my open ears but I, just, I couldn't hear anything it was that bad it was just constant it was right wow. over the house and you know i've lost you know i've lost multiple dsl modems to lightning strikes i've you know i've lost multiple computers to lightning strikes over the years and like so it's just something you live with we live in the lightning capital of the world it is what it is and you know you just prepare accordingly you should just have some basic tool so you know we have a pressure canner and we have mm-hmm. you know old style lamp uh hurricane oil lamps and mm-hmm. you know i've also bought some LED, some 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 cheap you know chinese led stuff and and uh bought some backup batteries and you know when the generator's running you recharge all the the batteries to keep the phones charged to keep the keep the lights charged and, and whatnot and i think for this one i finally just broke down and uh I actually, for the first time, I've been threatening to do it for 20 years, but I finally brought, you know, one of these little portable batteries with the solar cell for backup power to be able to at least run the DSL modem for a couple of hours and and keep it charged. And so that I can work if I need to during the evening or during the early morning when it's not beastly hot. We lose power on a regular basis because of weather, you know, because it's Florida and weather happens a lot, almost every day. Um, <laughs> so, you know, it is what it is. And if I don't want to go run into town and go, go to Wendy's and need a bad hamburger, well, I just stay home and fire up the DSL modem, which uses almost no power. And this is, this to me is a, a reasonable way of going about dealing with a hurricane and dealing with that kind of environment where you have access to, you know, some amount of power. I mean, the thing generates like five cents worth of electricity a day. That's not even what it's, it's not what's important. What's important is that you know you have it as an option it's a good you know i don't have to run a generator you know belching smoke and noise and and eating gasoline i can just you know Mm -hmm. i can just charge my phones off of the sun and and that to me is a really great use of solar and really great if you know if you lived in a place where really great use for wind these are not primary energy sources they're good backup sources they're good supplemental sources i mean solar is real you know i i've, I've always said this and that solar is greatest value to a, to a household as as a water heater 
you know, solar water heating is where it's you can make cool. is where you get you make real money every month because yeah. your water heater, if you have an electric water heater, you're running anywhere from twenty to forty dollars a month in electricity costs just on your water heater alone. So, you know, if you can, you know, if you can constantly, you know, keep your water hot pretty good. through a solar system, and they're cheap. Yeah. Like, there's many a good thermosiphon system out there, or you know, solar backup system that you know for a couple of thousand dollars will easily pay for itself in a couple of years and reduce costs of uh, of of paying for the electricity and then always having hot water available which is in itself a net good right because now you you know you're talking about having you know a backup tank of 80 gallons worth of 180 degree water that you can use to disinfect with that you can use to mix that take a warm bath with or whatever you need to do like it, this is this is civilization you know <laughs> hot water right you know yeah the lights at night this is civilization running you know being able to fill the toilet you know that you know these things are important and the and these looney tunes and as you know in california new york and other places they don't even want you to use a gas heater anymore you know, gas is a stove i mean these people they're are just nuts. they're crazy they, they, wanted, they, they're they crazy. literally want to turn us into sub-saharan africa wow it's amazing wow. which they've by the way you know kept in the third world you know for colonial purposes while they extract all their their mineral wealth that you know 80 cents a kilogram for you, you, you uh, mm. for uranium, for example, if we're quoting mm -hmm. this year, right? So, like, it's insane. And, you know, the people who are promulgating these lunatic ideas that, you know, energy is somehow, I don't know, anti-human or, no, sorry, sorry, anti-Gaia uh, is just dumb. Yeah, And it's usually comes from people, and it mostly comes from people who don't produce their own energy. Like, I've been making this point for a long time, Patrick, that when you really stop and look at Agenda 2030, the World Economic Forum, mm -hmm. the all of that, if you look at who's actually prom promulgating most of these lunatic ideas, the Fourth Industrial Revolution, blah, 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 all this anti-human stuff, you realize that it's all coming from a group of people, i.e. Europe, that you don't have any hydrocarbons. The people who are most virulently against hydrocarbons are the people who don't produce any. Well, what a shock. You know, when you stop to really parse where this stuff comes from, mm -hmm. it comes from that. And they knew this. So they don't produce any oil. They're, they're, they don't, they're not producing a whole lot of gas anymore. The big, uh, um, I always say this wrong, Grogan field off of the, you know, the, the net with a, the, the net that the Netherlands got rich off of, right? That's dead, right? Brent is, the North Slope is mostly, mostly uh dried up though there is some there's still plenty of reserves uh, off the coast of scotland which they've pushed you know off the market in order to create this um carbon they want to create a carbon deficit based economy they want to replace you know your labor as backing the debt with your carbon footprint backing mm. the debt mm. Mm. and that's their plan and they want everybody else to to get on board with their plan and the rest of the world is literally looking at them like uh no <laughs> and that includes the united states except for the biden administration who works for them hmm. and that's the, the that's the hmm. that's the disconnect that most people can't see right so that's yeah. the way i see it we had a fellow on that uh, he's done from time to time from rising tide foundation quite a crack researcher and it was all about bricks and he mm -hmm. he was suggesting that the London-based uh, financial European thing is is falling apart, and this yep. is part of a controlled demolition. Do you agree with that? Um, 
I use your own word. Yes and no. Okay. Yes and no. Okay. Okay. I do agree that it's falling apart. Okay. I do agree that they have tried. They are trying to do a controlled demolition. They certainly want to do a controlled demolition of Europe, and they're certainly working overtime to do a controlled demolition on the United States. Mm -hmm. And by then, by then, by extension, if they can get those things to happen, then they can do a controlled demolition of the BRICS and everybody else. And hmm. it's certainly their plan. It's certainly what they've drawn up on the whiteboard, right? You know, they have their little evil plans, and they, they and like everybody else, they just make Gantt charts and and try draw stuff up on the whiteboards, and then you know get start making Gantt charts and, you know, and all the rest of it. And it's just, it's really silly and dumb, but it is what they do. That's what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And they've been doing this for an awfully long time. And they have a, and again, I like to use the, the, the Gantt, if you don't know what a Gantt chart is, that's a, how you, that's a project management tool to, to schedule tasks of when they're going to be done and right. what time and who's got what responsibility and all this other stuff. So these things just kind of happen on their Gantt chart schedule. And they may move them around a little bit here or there. Um, and they just have it all planned out in their head, and this is what they're doing. And it's why they never seem to back off when they're when they're exposed as you know when people get pushback. You know, they try this thing, we push back, we say no, and then they just keep going forward. And you're like, but you know, you, we can see you, right? You know, we're not going along with this. And like, oh, no, 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 we are in charge, and we're going to. And so they continue to push forward with yes, the WHO is going to decide on health policy for the world and blah, 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 and all this stuff. And it's all just them operating on autopilot because they're not particularly good improvisers. Like, you know, and because they don't have, because they, because they're, well, they're central planners. One, two, their ideas are nutty. And three, they don't have any other choice because if they don't keep pushing forward, they will lose their premature of inevitability and of their, their imprimatur of being, you know, Powerful. I guess the no. best word would be a benevolent overlords mm -hmm. to the normies. And so they're trying to hold the normies in place while they keep losing the fringes. And to me, like, <laughs> it's really obvious that all you have to do is, you know, just stand up, say no, and then they have to move their Gantt chart around a little bit. And they don't have to do. The best metaphor I can come <laughs> up with here um, is to say these guys are second class uh, classical musicians like violinists and whatnot working within an orchestra and they don't pick the tune and they don't even pick they don't and they don't improvise they just play what they've been told and there's a conductor up there they're not jazz musicians mm -hmm. you know what are we doing uh these are the changes play over the changes and then you know make it and make stuff up as you go right as a bit as a bit of a musician not a particularly good jazz musician by the way um terrible jazz musician as a matter of fact um i at least understand the concept because i've been listening to that kind of music my entire life I, I respect it but i can't do it right so you can see the difference between you know it, i think that metaphor works really well they don't know how to improvise within the context of what it is they're trying to do so they and when whenever they're forced into doing it they do it really badly and they do it really ham-fistedly right they just come down with some new okay well we're going to do covid again yeah because that worked so well the first time let's try that yeah let's do that and I don't think it's—I don't think it's going to take off this time around. I don't know how you feel. I just think it's—it's it's dead in the water already. No. Yeah, people are just. It is. Yeah, it is. people they've just tried. Try. They've already—they've yeah. yeah. already trial ballooned the whole thing, and yeah. so now they're going go to go—they're going to come to something else. It's why they're trial ballooning aliens? It's why they're trying <laughs> trial ballooning all of this stuff. Because yeah. the goal is—is is none of this is about. Look, everybody is focused on the U.S. election as the reason. Like they call, started calling it the election variant almost immediately. I'm like. 
you know, I like that. It's cute. It's a good, it's a good meme, but it's not accurate. What's really mm -hmm. accurate is that there's a sovereign debt crisis that they are facing. And that's where all their power is. That's where all their privilege is. That's where all their money is. And that's what they're trying to, to gaslight us into and distract us with all these other things. That's what we're really working towards. No, you're not really working towards that. You're working on staving off a sovereign debt crisis. That is your Achilles heel. And this is, you know, I've been on the show, God knows what, seven, eight, nine times. Yeah. And we've gotten into the weeds on a variety of different issues, but at the 40,000 foot level, at the big strategic level, right? When you start thinking about this as a game of risk or a game of, you know, as a some kind of multiplayer board game, you realize that that's what they're doing. That this is just them making moves on a board for to to triangulate and get and set other players against each other while they move out of you know fourth place into third place, and then by getting first and second place to by getting third the guy in third place to knock off the guys in first and second place, so that, and then everybody else is weakened and they move up. This is the game, and. So explain to us the when sovereign you, debt crisis. And, and when you see it that way, it's really okay. hard to unsee it, well, is what so I'm saying. I, I and it's, why, you, you know, it's, why, it's why I do what I do. I want you to help um, us understand it. it. If you would talk to us like we're a young child or a golden retriever, because that's, you know, we're not the sharpest tool in the sheds here, this talk show guy, Patrick. So right. the sovereign debt crisis, are you speaking of the United States and their $33 trillion and, and, their, oh, and the, mm -mm. the yearly deficit? Not necessarily. Or are you speaking of... Europe, uh, explain what what you mean by this exactly. Help us understand. Right. I, I, I do mean it's Europe. I okay. do mean it's Europe. And Europe. again, it gets back to the basics here. Um, Europe. We have, a, we have a debt based society. Yes. We have a debt based monetary system, correct? Right. Well, how do you value debt? How do you, you value debt by the quality of the collateral that backs it? Right. right? Treasuries, mortgage backed securities, whatever you got. No, no. that's not collateral. That's the instrument oh, that's that the represents instrument. the collateral. And what's the collateral? The collateral is supposed to be our productive capacity. Okay. As a, as a society capable of producing the taxes necessary to pay the interest on the debt. Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. But really, where does our productive capacity come from? Our ability to work. It comes from our ability to manipulate commodities into usable products that people want to buy. Okay. We make Without stuff and we commodities, sell. Mm -hmm. as ultimately as the collateral, for the debt, you cannot run a debt-based society. So you're talking about things where you make stuff, uh, lithium or gold or silver, or, um, not gold, it's silver. Everything. Everything, everything. Yeah, nickel, Oil. aluminum, timber, lumber, you know, whatever. Everything. Like, it's, it's all coal. Right? coal. You need all of these things in order to m manipulate them from first-order commodities into second-order refined commodities into third-order primary you know uh, component parts in it and then eventually you get automobiles gotcha and computers and you know windows and drapes in your office and microphones for us to have the internet with and like without any of this like all of this nebulous digital garbage doesn't exist without somebody like turning <laughs> this turning oil into this freaking pop filter on my freaking microphone gotcha yeah i never thought of it like that I, I, it doesn't I like operate that. and the computer yeah. that i'm using and da, 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 da. so at the end of the day he who controls the collateral mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. control should control the value of the monetary system and mm -hmm. what we've been 
what we've been living through is an ever increasing disconnect between the value of the currency and the transmission system of the currency from the underlying collateral. And that is what fuels the wealth inequality, because that's where they can set up toll booths at every stage of the production cycle to suck all the money out and suck all the profit out into their hands as opposed to our hands and leave us as subsistence farmers renting our lives back from them uh, on, a, on, a, on an annual basis. Give and an then example now how they, they want to go one out. step further and then they want to remove the physical collateral from the from the system and just go to a carbon deficit or carbon credit that you owe the planet for being born. So that's what this whole Green New thing is about. That's just, yes, it's yeah. all this Green New Deal and all this carbon credit stuff. It's all to, trans, it's all to turn us away from a commodity-based monetary system mm -hmm. to a shame-based commodity system. You're a bad person for being born wow. and you owe the planet something. So coal and is bad. And what they're trying and to do yeah, is... Bad subjugate all the commodity primary commodity producers to take control of them subjugate russia asia south america africa while convincing the first world that we no longer need commodity-based collateral to run our monetary system wow interesting. just leave it to them interesting enough like yeah. it's wow. the ultimate hmm. it's the ultimate version of you know it's the ultimate psyop oh no we don't need we, we owe this debt to ourselves says paul krugman yeah yeah right. right? <laughs> says the Keynesians. Says the says the monetarists. Says all of these freaking terrible freaking people who's none of whose ideas have actually uh, sur survive even this first sniff test of whether it's full. You know stuff that comes out of your backside. I'm trying to keep it clean because yeah, I know my clean. audience this that's morning. Right. That's right. So you know, like think about it. Like that's what they're doing. While they while at the same time they're literally provoking World War Three with the Russians for no other reason than to break it up and claim all their friggin' natural resources. That's what that's about, huh? That's what it's about. No. Of course that's what that's but that's what that's what this it's always what this has been about. Yeah. You know, you know the rest of it is just the rest of it is just marketing. Uh, this whole idea of the commodities, I just didn't make that connection with, you know, the gas and now that you know, timber and oil is bad and Wow, you control all of that, yeah. baby. You you control it all, man. But that's why the BRICS are. That's why the BRICS saying no is so very important. Yeah. and that's why hmm. all of this hype about de-dollarization and the BRICS doing right. the currency and all it was all just honestly. You know who was promoting that more than anybody else? It wasn't China? It wasn't Russia? It wasn't India? It wasn't anybody? Else. It was the British and Davos European controlled press because who benefits from the from the idea that de-dollarization is happening as faster than anybody could imagine Europe and the euro which is a literally collapsing as a trade currency around the world really they're that much in trouble okay so latest <laughs> swift rmb tracker if you don't subscribe to this or you don't have to i i did from the moment they i've been following this thing on and off for 10 years but i was following it on well 12 years now since they first created it because swift wanted to chart the the rise of the rmb the chinese renminbi right. as a global trade currency and it's still at around two percent of global trade 
that goes through the SWIFT system. Now, is 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 more of that now happening outside of the SWIFT system than it was 12 years ago? Absolutely. But given the SWIFT RMB trackers numbers from last month, and you can go to the, just type Swiss, SWIFT, SWIFT RMB tracker, eventually mm-hmm. you'll get to the right site where you can get the latest report. And you scroll down, I did a blog post with this the other day, you scroll down to the latest report and you'll see, and they always put up the current, what happened last month and then two years ago that month, mm-hmm. right? To show you the difference. And in the last two years, and they multiple charts and only one of them actually for this, for this discussion matters. It is the percentage of trade settled or transactions settled in particular currencies outside of the Eurozone. Okay. Okay. okay? And what you find is that two years ago, the euro was settling 40% of global trade through the SWIFT system outside of the eurozone. Mm-hmm. Today, that number is 13%. No. Yes. Yeah. Who's got the other 27? <laughs> well, most of that money went, most of that went to the United States. Really? Dollar. They don't yes. like that. They don't the like dollar that. now settles more global trade as a percentage outside of the eurozone than it has in history. Wow, and hmm. some of it went to the the Chinese. Some of it went to the Chinese renminbi, about a percent. A couple of percent went to the Japanese yen, and a couple of percent went to the the Brits, and the lion's share of it went to the dollar. Wow, how'd they do that? The euro they- is collapsing as its currency to be used outside of uh, globally. So the euro was designed to replace the dollar Mm. well it was intended to replace the dollar it was never with its design it was never going to achieve that without having a compliant federal reserve and compliant u.s government betraying the united states and handing this power to the european union and to the ecb and this is why i say these people don't just don't understand this is why they're so freaking desperate this is why they're now we have to have the new covid variant and the new this variant and the new that and whatever else we're going to do why? And that's why we have the New Mexico governor trying to do away with the Second Amendment to, right. to rile up the conservatives to get them dis- distracted while they continue to futz around in the currency markets and the bond markets. When the reality is, is that that's what the only thing you should be looking at. And the rest of it is just a distraction. It's just an attempt to move the Overton window away from what's coming. OK, what's coming is oil prices are rising. Yes, they're going to continue to rise because the BRICS OPEC plus representing representing the BRICS are raising the price of oil by cutting back on production. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the Biden administration has put in place nothing but you know restrictions on US production of oil. And US oil production is not going to start rising again until oil until oil prices are high enough to offset the five and a half percent price rise in buying debt to frack new to get the capital to get out of the frack new wells. So, you know, the the target price for a lot of frackers now, where they were profitable at forty-five to fifty-five dollars a barrel, zero percent. Hmm. What? Yeah. Now need eighty dollars a barrel at five and a half percent. Because at five and a half percent, they're gonna get loans at eight, nine, or ten percent, as opposed to four or five percent. Let me let me ask you, do the people that own Euro Inc. Are they the same people that the Davos crowd, the WHO, the yes. UN? Are they the same yes. people? The same people. The same people. Same people. Absolutely. They play golf Absolutely. with them. the old European colonialist powers. Okay. And so you have to realize that 
you know, there's there's multiple ways of looking at this. Mm. Okay. What I'm trying to do is it's all part of the same story and it all depends on how you want to look at it. Like one of the things that I, I, I used to talk about when I talk about this stuff was to say, you remember there's a, a great quote um, attributed to one of the Chinese, former Chinese foreign ministers who was asked at some point in the past, and I don't remember when he was asked, so what do you think of the French revolution talking about history? And he mm-hmm. said, well, I think it's too soon to tell. And this was like, you know, <laughs> the last 20 years he had, he, 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 you know, he was asked this question. Well, I think it's too soon to tell. And it's always used by people in this part of the, the commentary space as to say, see, the Chinese think in, you know, mm-hmm. centuries mm-hmm. and we think in quarters. Yeah. And that's our problem. Yeah. No. You should, that's the wrong way of looking at this. What you should be asking yourself is the same question about the American Revolution. What do you think about the American Revolution, Tom? Well, I think it's too soon to tell. (laughs) It's only a couple hundred years, right? Because we've not never had control of our own finances here in the United States. The British have always controlled our finance and since 1917, or since Woodrow Wilson, controlled our foreign policy. And so when you stop to really go back and look at the history of the United States and the history of banking in the United States and the history of ex- external pressure that's been placed on the United States, you will realize that up until, oh, January 2022, with the implementate, with the full implementation of SOFR as the debt indexing rate for the United States, city of London has controlled the value of our goddamn currency. Hmm. And our debt and our monetary policy and everything else. And so when I sit here and I tell you, say this to people, and then they go, no, the euro dollar system is more important. Blah, blah. The euro dollar system is dying. The euro dollar system was only built in the last 50 years post Bretton Woods or post 60 years post Bretton Woods because the Fed was compliant and allowed it to happen. Now the Fed is saying, no. If the Fed was okay with the euro dollar system, the offshore banking system, setting monetary policy through City of London, we would still be on LIBOR. We're not. The world has moved away from this. There are now multiple debt indexing rates for everybody. And I've had people come back to me and say, well, that's what they wanted to do after the LIBOR scandal and blah, blah, blah. Like, no. We put off doing SOFR for 15 years, folks, after 2008, or 14 years after 2008. This was a project that was that the Fed had as a, had as a white paper during the days of, during the early days of the Obama administration. This was something that Geithner squashed for 10 years or eight years, and then. It was squat. You know, it, it, the whole thing was squashed, and it was only when Trump was elected. This is why they absolutely hate Donald Trump with a purple passion more than anything else. You know, they ask the question. Mm. People ask the question every once in a while. Why do? Why does this? Why does everybody hate? Why did they hate Kennedy to the point where they killed him? Well, there's about 19 different reasons why you could. Sure. You could argue as to why they killed Kennedy, but the simple one was that he wanted to. He wanted to do away with Bretton Woods and return us to a commodity money standard. Yes, he did. Or keep us on a commodity money standard. Wow. Okay? Well, guess what? Why do they hate Donald Trump so much? Because Donald Trump allowed um, 
Jerome Powell was given Jerome Powell by Goldman Sachs and the rest of the New York banks to be the Federal Reserve chair and for John Williams to be put in charge of the very powerful, all, almost all powerful New York Federal Reserve Bank. And they're the ones that architected our escape from the old colonial financial system. Wow. And that is now running. It is here. So that's why you... Euro dollar futures yeah. contracts stopped trading in June of this year. And they stopped trading to close to do anything other than close positions in April of this year. And then from the time of tw from 2022, the beginning of 2022 until the end of 2022, the SOFR futures market was like 1% of, went from 1% of the euro dollar, of the volume on the euro dollar futures curve to 350% or some other freaking unbelievable multiple. It was something retarded. It was something ridiculous. I wrote about it like six months ago, and I, I don't remember the actual numbers, but it just it killed the euro dollar futures curve, the euro dollar futures contract on the CMA in less than a year. Now, if this was the all powerful system and Davos is all freaking powerful, how did that happen? And why is everybody out there screaming that the Fed needs to pivot and the Fed needs to stop doing this? Why are the Democrats literally out there now saying we need to revoke? The Fed's charter. We've heard that yeah. trial balloon. Yeah. We've heard we've heard other people coming out. Jerome Powell should be arrested. Really? For raising interest rates. Uh Asa somebody, I thought it was Asa Hutchinson came out with that one, that little bun mot yesterday. I've been saying for six months, Patrick, that the Federal Reserve will be the issue that the Democrats run on in twenty twenty four. You can blame the Fed for your misery because they took the punch ball away. Wow. That's what they're gonna try and run on. You I'm know, dead serious. I always thought about the Fed as being one of the bad guys, but Powell, you say, and this guy Williams who runs the New York Fed, as you say, it's the mother load that has all the power. These are these are good guys that were put in place by the bankers themselves, the Goldman Sachs. Well, and, I, huh? do you want to call them good guys? You want know. to call them white hats, gray hats, black hats? I don't care what you call them. Yeah. They're, when everybody, when a person is under existential threat of their own extinction, they will act in whatever way is beneficial to them. I don't ascribe, you know, any kind of moralistic. No, I understand. But you know what I mean by good to the members of the Federal yeah. Reserve and to the and to the New York banking class, I look at them as you know people honestly fighting for their lives against a bunch of freaking Euro trash commies <laughs> who want to do away with the private formation of capital and the whole need for freaking commercial banks. <laughs> this is not hard. I mean, I hate to get like histrionic about it, but. Seriously, if you're Jamie Dimon, are you going to turn over J.P. Morgan to Klaus von Tommy Schnitzel? No, <laughs> no. clearly not. not like, gonna do that. I'm going to turn my I, this this bank, the most powerful bank in the world, over to some German eugenicist who was a Klingon outfit. Hmm. Hmm. Really? You think this is the world you live in? Like, do you? I mean, have you not noticed that the nuts and sluts campaign that's been going on against Diamond for the last eight months? About Epstein, when it was all oh, Mary exactly. and yeah, her of course, yeah. was, and her quizzlings in 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 J.P. Morgan just running Epstein's accounts. Like you think, you think Epstein could even get into the room with Jamie Dimon? <laughs> he was only worth five hundred million dollars. He only had fifty million dollars in the bank at, ever at most. That guy couldn't even. That guy couldn't get in the room with Jamie Dimon under any circumstance whatsoever. Wow. Period. That is not Diamond's role. 
Diamond does not talk to small guys like so. He was n- so yeah. J.P. Morgan did they run Epstein's accounts? Sure. Did Epstein have accounts at Wells or Everybody. Citigroup or Bank of New York Mellon or whatever? Probably. Why? In order to be able to paint him with the guilt by association, paint those banks and their CEOs if they got out of line with a guilt by association campaign run by Davos and then picked up by the alternative media and exploded and people are writing books about it. And I, I, I get so angry when it's so clearly obvious you're just being a useful idiot for bad guys. For the exact technophile pedophilic elites you, you, you profess to hate. None of this makes any sense to me. You just, well, can't you just have a knack of looking and nerd out on these things and look at it from a perspective that, that no one else does. So let's talk about Powell and the New York Fed. That's why we like you, Tom. Sorry, um, so sorry. I, this 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 one that really gets my goat. Right. Like this, no, I understand. To me, it's just it's really important. I understand. Like, I understand. Like, like, think strategically, and all of a sudden, this stuff makes a lot more sense. So, what does Powell think that he can do moving forward? And uh, second part of the question is: mm. Does he keep the job? Whether who gets in in twenty twenty four? Does he keep his job? How does that work? Well, he can't. They can't take, get, get rid of him until twenty twenty six because his term's not up until then. Twenty what? The only thing they can do is re- the only thing they can do is revoke the Fed's charter. Twenty thirty. I'm sorry. Twenty thirty six. Twenty twenty two. Did you say twenty thirty six? Twenty six. Twenty twenty six. Okay. He's on a four. He's on a four year term. All right. It started in February twenty twenty two. Right. He's he's in there until February twenty twenty six. So if the com- if the commies get in in twenty twenty four, well then then the whole thing is over, right? They'll disappoint whoever. Well, maybe. I mean, like, it all depends on what you think is happening here. Like, yeah. and it, all, it all depends on. This is why watching the 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 the, the domestic infighting is so important. Mm, that's why you it's do like that. Watching the way they're like trying to figure out how they can get rid of Joe Biden yeah. and not hurt them. Yeah, because they're clearly trying to get rid of Joe of Biden course. at this point. Yeah, yeah. So. So now what? I mean, does it all end with if they if if they remove so they so the game now is mm. it's like everything else. Everybody is like making blocking actions and 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 you know I make a move, you make a counter move to block me, and 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 they're trying to run out the clock, right? Mm-hmm. That's what they're doing. So what's what's Lagarde doing at the ECB? She's running a massive yield curve control experiment to try and keep. Um, interest rates on German, Italian, French, Dutch, Spanish debt for breaching certain very important levels. Because at that point, because at a certain point, obviously everybody starts to go bankrupt because rates can't rise too far because all these central banks bought all this, you know, bought trillions of dollars worth of Eurozone debt at negative interest rates. Remember? They were at negative interest rates for seven years. Like. At one point, before Powell started raising rates, $12 trillion worth of Eurozone debt were trading at a nominal negative yield. $12 trillion. All of that is now trading at a positive real, as a positive nominal yield, meaning they've lost value. How much value? Well, I don't know. Do the bond equation. That's not my, that's not my area of expertise, right? What's important is that all I know is that if it keeps rising, if the rates keep, if the, if the yields keep rising, the price keeps falling and they keep losing even more money. And what happens to the balance sheets of the central banks? They deteriorate. What's Powell doing right now? He's not only just raising interest rates, he's also shrinking the Fed's balance sheet. Yeah. And to all the naysayers out there, he has absolutely shrunk the Fed's balance sheet by over a billion dollars. Well, it's not nearly enough. He added $8 trillion. Shut up. <laughs> Seriously, shut up. 
like he removed a trillion dollars from the balance sheet and has nearly blown up Europe. Like, what else do you want? And he's continuing to do so at $95 billion a month. And he doesn't necessarily need to raise rates here as long as QT keeps, as Daniel DiMartino Booth puts it, keeps ticking away quietly in the background. Everybody's happy because what that's doing is draining the world from overseas dollars, lessening the ability of the offshore shadow banking system to tail wag the dog of U.S. monetary policy. And now it's a race. Can they can there be a a, can they hold on in Europe long enough? You can hold the situation in Europe together long enough for the crisis to hit their shores before the credit crisis and the, and the commercial real estate and other employment crises hit here in the United States. And can they run out the clock on Powell's term and then install Lael Brainerd as the bed chair? And they've already surrounded him with a whole bunch of commie hawks in the first place, Sarah Bloom Raskin and all these other horrible people. Right? You, 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 so they're clearly angling to get rid of Powell as however they can. And all Powell has to do is go, you know what? Eh, another 25. Won't hurt nothing. Yeah. I, and then it goes on to Janet Yellen. And then, it, then the ball is in Janet Yellen's court as the Treasury Secretary because she's got to roll over $12 trillion worth of U.S. debt in the next 12 to 18 months. And she's going to do so now at five and a half to six percent as opposed to two percent and that means that the budget in the united states is going to start to collapse it means the right and so you can see the the problem here right and this is why play, the democrats man. refuse to give up any spending hmm. because they want to bankrupt the united states because they are vandals and traitors trying to destroy the country as opposed to looking at this going, well, they just never cut spending in Washington because blah, blah, blah. Why don't you look at it as, no, it's not a bug of a bunch of incompetent morons and octogenarians on Capitol Hill who spend more time drooling than they do actually legislating and start thinking of it as a feature of a coordinated effort to destroy your own country and get off the sidelines and stop bitching about it and start doing something about it. Huh. You look at the Fed's balance this sheet here. Hard, but, you know, I'm speaking to my libertarian brethren here who just cannot get this through their freaking heads that it's time to come off the sidelines and stop complaining and actually start leading. Hmm. But, oh, no, we can't do that because then we might actually have to get our hands dirty philosophically, and that would be terrible. Oh, my freaking yeah. God, shut up. Really talk about it. Yeah, on the Fed's balance sheet here, H41 you know, release. You want to live in? Yeah. Minus $722 billion last week he, he sold. What's that? Seven twenty-two billion he sold last week. Fed's balance sheet. Who? The Fed. Yeah. H four one release. Yeah. Yeah. The Fed's balance sheet is shrinking like you wouldn't believe. Yeah. It's just it's dropping. It's it's it's, it's it is it is he's shrinking it quickly. And why is and, that important? You know, and why the thing is, is, and the thing is that what people don't want to understand about this, and I've said this many times, is the following: Powell has two massive slush funds to give the domestic banking system if they need it. He's got a huge pile of treasuries that Bernanke and Yellen bought during the QE years. Seven. So if they need, so if the system needs collateral in the form of U.S. Treasury bonds, he can give it to them. He can just sell them to them. Yeah, sell. Or he's got one point five trillion dollars sitting in a reverse repo facility that he can inject, that he can allow the market to pull out, which is what it's done, and keep the liquidity through the money markets and through you know and through 
the, and and keep the market keep the markets liquid, keep the interbank market liquid, which is what's happened. The 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 reverse repo facility has dropped from over two and a half trillion dollars to one point five trillion dollars, and most of that money has moved into the money market system, <laughs> paying in short term investors five percent. Now, here we go. Now they're they're buying short term treasuries with that money. They're buying money markets, and then the money markets and the banks are turning around and buying short term treasuries with it, and that's helping to. You know, and, 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 and ultimately, that's helping to repair the bank's balance sheets that have become impaired because the treasuries they were holding during the ZERP years are impaired because they've lost 20 to 40 percent on their uh, yeah. on their balance sheets. But that's OK. Like, you know, you everybody is worried about a, cr- a credit crisis to the point where bank stocks are down and, you know, mm-hmm. and, and rightly so. But at some point, we're going to realize that there's a big world out there. And that big world is going to look at what's happening here, and they're going to go, well, so now let's talk about Joe Biden getting impeached. Hmm. Yeah. So do you think hmm. if you're if you're an evil overlord and your goal is chaos in the United States, yes. when you put it up on the whiteboard, okay, if we're losing on this front, we allow Joe Biden to be impeached because that'll be a national and removed from office. That'll be a national stain that the psychological stain that will affect the United States dramatically right that's their argument i happen to think that at this point they've held on to biden so long that it would be the exact opposite effect it would be oh my god finally we got rid of this idiot he's gone and moreover i want you to start thinking about think of this not from the perspective of the 2024 middle class voter i want you to start thinking about that from the standpoint of the guy who runs a $500 million family office in Hong Kong or a billion dollar family office in Luxembourg. He's going to look at that and go, they got that done. Wow. The U S is in better shape than I thought they were because getting rid of Biden clearly is in America's best interest at this point. Mm -hmm. I would argue that uncertainty over the U.S.'s political future would be strengthened by impeaching Biden and removing him and convicting him and removing him from office because it would show, hey, some vestige of the Constitution and rule of law still works in the United States. Hmm. And maybe that's a good handicap for what's going to happen in 2024. And the right people are going to be moved into power and the bad ones will be moved out. Maybe I'm going to start looking at U.S. stocks again. Maybe I'm going to start looking at U.S. treasuries in a different light. Hmm. Maybe I'm going to look at the U.S. budget situation in a different light because Matt Gates is actually, I don't know, maybe he's not LARPing. And maybe he actually will hold Kevin Kevin McCarthy's feet to the fire and force this and force some fiscal discipline, yada, yada, yada. Maybe. Maybe we'll see from the Democratic Party in the Senate to the Republican side of the aisle because they want to get reelected next fall. Maybe. I don't know. But I'm telling you that Manila, I've been saying it this way for a long time. Manila folders are hitting a whole lot of people's desks. Because when you take a shot at the king, you got to take you got you got to hit your target. Yeah. They took two shots at Donald Trump and they failed, impeachment wise. He's now more powerful than he ever was. He's now more popular than he ever was. Right? Well, you take a shot at Biden, and by this I mean Obama, and Davos. You got to get it right, and you got to pick your time properly. And it's not for the it's not for you know the frustrated 
gadfly sitting on the you know sitting on Twitter with no skin in the game to decide when it should happen. It's going to happen when the people who are actually putting their lives and their money and their positions on the line. Because if you if you go forward with something like this and you miss, you're done. So would this Did be I a good argument for for, for for the yeah, you, you clipped off for a second, but I think you're back. Would this be a good argument for the Davos boys and the people that want a hot war with Russia to do that so people will vote for a president when we got a war and they usually go with the yeah, president? Yeah, no, no. That's, that's, that's also clearly that's what, in the what, game. what they're angling for here. Mm-hmm. But Biden's not going to make it to the end of his term, so they, they know this. He's become a liability on both sides yeah. for both the GOP establishment and for the Democratic National Committee. Now the now that it's clear that what we have now is a night of the long knives where we have our own version of crystal knocks going on on Capitol Hill. Mm-hmm. And and it and there are multiple factions and I can't even map them all because it's happening so quickly. Yeah. But yeah. you know, when I see Mitt Romney six days ago say, I don't see any evidence, physical evidence for Joe Biden <laughs> to be impeached, and then and then six days later goes, Yeah, I'll go along with that. Mm. Like I put it out on Twitter this morning. How did I put it? <laughs> Quoting, you know, paraphrasing Ben Kenobi. It's as if a, the sound of a thousand manila folders hit his desk and he was suddenly silenced. I feel something hilarious has happened. Mitt Romney got a talking to from somebody because if yeah. you know why Romney would back Biden on that, it's because, because Romney is just as dirty in Ukraine. Oh, is he? Mm-hmm as Pelosi, as Biden, as everybody. They're all dirty in Ukraine, Patrick. Every one of them. They all have their fingers in the pie. They all have, you know, family members, you know, involved in the Ukrainian gas industry. And God knows how, God knows what they've turned a blind eye to in terms of child trafficking and all the rest of the stuff. I don't know. I don't, I don't profess to know. I just know that the way they act, it's very freaking clear (laughs) that they're all dirty there. And that's why Ukraine has been the third rail of American politics for the last five years. It's why they impeached Trump over a phone call to Zelensky about over Joe Biden's crimes. Basically, they lost their minds because they circled the freaking wagons and they gave the game away about Ukraine in that moment. And all Trump and all Trump was doing was blundering in like he normally does and go, why do we need to do this? Can't we come up with it? You know, and then then Vindman and Fiona Hill and all the Ukrainian diaspora showed up to make Donald Trump into the bad guy. Why? Because it was clearly there was this was an operation 20 years in the making. And he was, you know, blundering in and trying to, you know, give away the game. So do you think uh, let me ask this? Um before we go, uh, I want to I want to get talk about BRICS and your take on it. And I've done a mm. few shows on it. And I don't really understand what's going on, so I'd like you to help me here. So we have sure they're, they're taking on what eight or ten new people as of last week, and there's Six. about twenty five in the wings that want to join. It's a lot of a lot of juice, right? A lot of people, a lot of GDP. Um, yeah. Is this a th- is how is how does Americans how do we look at this as far as how it affects our lives. Does it? The BRICS whole thing, does it have any bearing on Tom's life or Patrick's life or our listener's life at all? Tom froze up there a minute. He'll be right back. It's a Tom Luongo, OneRadioNetwork.com. And, uh, oh, there you are. You, you, you cut right. out for a minute. Right. Yeah. So how do we, I think you, you cut off at, at, at how do Americans look at this? Yeah. Or um, what effect does it have for you or me and all the listeners, this whole BRICS thing? I mean, if they go to war with Russia, doesn't China automatically now? You see, they're part of the deal. I mean, 
How, how does that work? Um, Do you also attack China if you, if you attack Russia? It's a good question. Um, for us, it's bad for everybody. Hmm. Like the the way I put it in an article I wrote recently. Just look at the six countries they added, and five of which ring the Red Sea and the Persian Gulf. Huh. Saudi Arabia. They own. They they control UAE, Saudi Arabia, Egypt, Egypt, Ethiopia. Right. So the BRICS now effectively have a formal relationship with those who run the Suez Canal. Ooh, that's big. And control the Persian Gulf. So what I want you to, to, to look at here is that they're building something for the long term, yeah. which is why the British are so desperate through the Ukrainians to start World War III, because they literally are trying now with everybody who's on the stage other than Donald Trump at the Republican primary, the Republican debates, even though you know Trump's obviously not there. He's having a little issue with his uh, internet this morning. Point saying this. You froze up. All right. Yeah, your internet is. Yeah, this is this is one of the problems with Starlink. Is that every once in a while I get passed from satellite to satellite, and then I get lost for even though it's this, even though it's not a cloud in the sky. I, I understand. Um, okay, so, so let's just start from a new so on, was, on BRICS and Americans' relationship to this. Go from right. There. So okay. okay, so think of it this way: they have control over the. Suez Canal right. and the Arabian Peninsula now, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a formal arrangement. Mm-hmm. The Suez Canal is no longer under nominal control of the British Empire by having a proxy government in Egypt who is allied with, you know, with British interests at this point. Mm-hmm. It's still still a lot of work to be done to remove any vestiges of that. And, and Egypt, I predict, will be a hot spot for years. But what they're doing is building something for the long term, right? The threat for the americans well not even for the americans the threat for the americans is that the british are desperately trying to get us to do their dirty work for them in russia just like they did in world wars one and two thanks to churchill remember the old adage from churchill the americans are good people they'll always do the right thing after exploring every other opportunity first (laughs) well this is where we are now and this is why all of the neocons that are running for president as Republicans are all saying are all on point saying the same thing. It is our sacred and honor to defend Ukraine against the evil Russians, blah, 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 blah. Right, right. To the and 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 it's our highest purpose as Americans now to do this. It's the same childish propaganda that they use to get us involved in World War One. World War Two. And in many ways to get us involved in World War Two, which they fomented both of those conflicts for their own purposes. And it is absolutely incumbent upon us to say no to all of it. Period. It is not our fight. It's theirs. Period. Ukraine is not our fight, whether Russia is right or wrong. It's, And you'll note that the Davos-aligned members of Europe... The people like Jen Stoltenberg and others are all beginning to now state that, yeah, Russia was justified for moving into Ukraine. Really? The only ones who are holding out against hmm. this are the Brits, the Poles, and the Baltics. Hmm. Everybody else is starting to back up. All right. Okay. Even, you know, 
um, and and the and the German Greens, meaning Alan Baerbach, Robert Habeck, the uh, the German Foreign Minister and Vice Chancellor. Notice how German Chancellor Olaf Scholz started to back off on you know starting to talk about and hey, negotiated settlement and, da, 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 and we don't really want to send more weapons over there. And then three days later, he shows up with an eye patch. You know, get off the friggin' get off the gravy train, get thrown down the stairs. This is not hard. Get punched in the mouth, get punched in the eye by a by a large Mexican. I mean, this is the way these people operate. Okay. And you have to realize this. And, you know, they'll threaten his kids, they'll punch them, they'll they'll throw them down the stairs, they'll do whatever they have to. They don't care. When we're at that stage, you know they're losing. Hmm. And so somebody showed up to put Olaf Scholz back and get him back in line. So, but these are the only people really still pushing this line. Everybody else is is getting off that train because they realize that if they don't stop this, it's going to end with the entire continent of Europe entering a dark age. That all of their plans that they had up on the Gantt chart and all that stuff they drew, drew up on the whiteboard and all those plays they drew up on the whiteboard, they're losing oh. and they're not working. And they're going and they're now beginning to finally decide that it's time to cut bait. And at the same time, they have a muddled situation in terms of their control over the United States, where they can get the Biden administration and the various, you know, district attorneys and heads of of, of alphabet agencies like the DOE and the mm. EPA and all the rest of it to do horrible and stupid things and 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 issue dumb edicts that nobody wants. That's also a sign of desperation. They're just trying to rush it all through before they're thrown out of office and they're trying to poison pill and leave as many poison pills behind for the incoming administration to clean up as possible so that because here's the other thing and here and here's here's a win for davos this summer the chevron doctrine was on their docket docket there was a case that was supposed to yes. look at the, and review the chevron doctrine which which ultimately says the agencies have you know that that Congress is supposed to defer to the agency's recommendations on implementation of policy. So if the EPA says we have to you know, get our carbon numbers down by 40 freaking percent, or we have to have our cars do 54 miles to the gallon, then the EPA's rules, then we just automatically take those rules. That's the Chevron doctrine. And that was legislated um, back in the 70s. And that was under review for the summer. And that was going to get repealed with this court. And at that moment, that meant that all of these alphabet agencies that Davos controls in the United States government would now be subordinate back to Congress. They pushed that off until next summer's Davos. Didn't happen. Okay. So they got to win. They were able to, again, push out in time. So they can, you know, they can extend and pretend this thing politically for another year. But when they lose that, and they are going to lose the Chevron doctrine, it means that all of the agencies will have to now sub be subordinate back to um, Congress and the executive branch in a way that they have not been in the past, in the past for the past 40 years. Be huge. huge. That will change. That's an enormous freaking change. Huge. Because if you factor that in with everything that I've already said today and you handicap any kind of win, by sovereignist forces in the 2024 election. And that's a dicey proposition, I admit. 
then you can see how this entire thing unravels on them very, 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 very quickly. Wow. So what? So what's their response to this going to be? Their response, of course, is going to be crank up the propaganda and the psyops to 11. Activate as much violence as possible. Activate. Do whatever you have to do to stop this from happening. Because it's that tenuous for them. Because I can see it. If I can see it, they know it. And that would be what? What kind of things would, would we see? We would see the budget. We would see the next Congress come in with a mandate to cut the budget back to 2017 numbers. Wow. Which would extend our fiscal situation by 10 years. Sure. Easily. And would start a flood of capital into the United States and out of Europe. That would be biblical. Hmm. So that's what they're scared of. That's the sovereign debt crisis I was talking about earlier. Because yeah. that money will fly out of European debt like so freaking fast. Oh my God. I, I you know, I, I can't come up with a colorful metaphor off the top of my head that's not dirty. So I'm not going to do it. Uh, and then Trump's role in all of this? Trump's role is to continue to just garner support and take the uh, the outrageous slings and arrows and turn them around. Mm, mm, it's his job. Yeah. And, you know, I the way I look at it is the following. And I'm going to go soon, but okay. um, I'll leave you with, with, some, with some handicaps about what I think is going on in the election cycle. Cool. Um, you have two revenge-minded populists running insurgency campaigns within the old power structure. You have Trump, who for personal reasons wants revenge against these people for stealing the 2020 election away from him and for dragging his name through the mud and indicting him and sending and and getting his mugshot taken and all the rest of it correct feels like it you have rfk jr on the other side yes you do then <laughs> they killed his they killed his dad and his uncle, and his uncle and his uncle and they've so the Democrats have already made their move against RFK yeah. by saying he's not allowed to garner any, not allowed to set foot in any of the primary states, or they'll give all of his votes to Joe Biden. Not that Joe Biden's going to be on the, the docket, the, the ticket by that point. So now RFK is thinking about running third party. Yeah. So now start thinking about, now start handicapping what that looks like. Yeah. Well. And I'll leave that. And, and then parallels to 1980. And you have a an acceptable candidate capable of marshalling a lot of the newly radicalized center in this country, thanks to COVID. And if this doesn't look like the biggest series of own goals, to use a soccer term. <laughs> own goal. I, I don't know what to tell you. Like if you think that these people can manage this script and make and and make this fly and not just you know turn on the turn on the Dominion machines and steal the election and have everybody go. That is not what happened. I don't know what to tell you. Hmm. I don't know. What to tell you. So, just finally, then, do you just your opinion? Because who knows? Do you think that that, right. that Trump can get in and run? Do you think they'll let they'll let him run? Figure out a way to run? 
Well, they're going to do everything imaginable to keep him from running. Right, right. But he can run from he can run from prison. Yeah, that's right. He can win the primaries from prison. He probably would too. And he will win the primaries from prison. But they will also try and sure. steal the primaries. Okay, they're yeah. manufacturing either Vivek Ramaswamy or Nikki Haley because the Brits are very sneaky, and they have decided that it is time to put. Indians in charge all across the West. Oh, because India is the is the pivot country for the BRICS, and there's a lot of Indian old money that was never happy with the British leaving India. Hmm. Any of these people are in the Indian diaspora across the West, and I'm now talking about Rishi Sunak. I'm talking about Nimrata. Uh, Nikki Haley. I'm talking about Ramaswamy. All of a sudden, every time I turn around, there's many Indian Trump running around, or what I like to call H1B Obama. That's how. <laughs> that's what I think of of Ramaswamy. <laughs> by the way, I think he is a complete freaking LARP. A LARP? What's a LARP? <laughs> LARP, a live action role play. Live I think he's a complete. Whoa. He's just a. He's straight from central casting. This guy. Wow. Like, and the the Brits are moving Indians into very important positions all around the world. All around the West. Oh. And it's like, this is, this, this, this stinks, Patrick. I don't know what it means, but it stinks. It's like, <laughs> I don't know what it means, you know, but it's, and so I'm just noting what I'm seeing. Nothing against Indian people, nothing, but I, but, but <laughs> this is real. And these yeah. people all have dubious past. They all have very, very shaky connections. Um, they, they're, they're as shallow as, you know, a tidal pool, you know, after, a, after a rain, like they are, you scratch the surface of them a little bit and you get nothing, but you know, they're just Manchurian candidates over and over again. It's, right. it's, it's, it's insane. And so when you see them trying to prop up Nikki Haley as Trump's, you know, now that the census has fallen off as Trump's biggest threat. What? Because she's pulling 8% as opposed to, you know, 4%? <laughs> like, that's a British psyop, dude. And when you see four or five of these stories in a row in places like Yahoo News, Politico, yeah. Axios, and whatever, this is all just a psyop. This is all just manufacturing nonsense. This is all just marketing. And then she goes out and she says something. She says something witty on during the debate, which is a canned response that she knew is that she knows is going to be that she was told is you know say this. We're going to play it ad nauseum on freaking Fox News for the Sean Hannity crowd. Come on, you know, like this is just nonsense. Like none of these people are swayed by this crap anymore. Like they're going to vote for Trump, and that's just the end of it. I think it was rich that uh, India landed on the moon during the BRICS thing. I thought that was good. I mean, really. I mean, it was, that was very interesting. Some, <laughs> of the, some of the things I heard about that from a scientific perspective is interesting. I mean, but I... But I it, like, didn't, it, didn't, it didn't happen. I, I know. Like, I know a lot of people believe that space is fake and gay. I don't. I happen to believe that space is real. Right. And that we've done a lot of... And we've done a lot of this stuff, and that's just the way it is. And you can... You know, I know there's a lot of people who believe the earth is flat, too. And I don't, you know, I don't buy into that... that you know, talk about this stuff. I just don't buy it. I understand. Like, I understand. and I have good friends, and I have good friends in this community who I, you know, who, who, you know, who I count like as good friends in this community, and they're like, oh yeah, space is, is fake and gay, and I'm like, 
that you're you're entitled to that opinion. Oh, I just well, everybody's got a different do viewpoint. I, do I buy that Stanley Kubrick like faked some of the moon landing footage? Yes, that I can buy. Of course. Do I do yeah. I believe that we didn't actually go to the moon? Uh, yeah, you, you think we did? Huh? I, I think we did, and we found out a whole lot of things we didn't we we thought were really that were really inconvenient to the current power structure power structure, and that's why we never went back. Well, if I could have that's three or four I, hours with you down in Florida with some goat's milk, I could probably uh, change your tune on the whole moon landing thing. I don't think they went there. You but, can try. Yeah, you can try. I'd it. love to. It won't work. <laughs> you can try, but it won't work. It won't I'm work. I'm not buying it. And I was like, I'm not buying that. I'm not not buying that. Nineteen that nine eleven was. You know that the buildings were pulled. I'm not. I don't buy that either. Like I don't buy any of this stuff, and I don't actually want to talk about any because it's all the past. Who cares about what happened 60 years ago? I understand. We yeah. got these people who are in front of us. Bringing up 9-11 on 9-11 is a ten attempt to shift the Overton window away from what's actually going all on. All of it is, right. All Same of it thing is. with going on about space and all this other. Like, dudes, like, what are you doing? Like, don't take your eye off the prize. The bad guys are right there in front of you. <laughs> they're right there. Like, they're just right there in front of you. And, like, it's not that hard. Like, the shield like i know a lot about beta radiation i know a lot about the alpha radiation and i know that it's not particularly hard to shield the freaking spacecraft from alpha and beta radiations like it's not hard right. gamma radiation oh that's a different story but you know we'll get there but again these are things that we can that you know if you don't think that we didn't know this stuff back in the 1960s you're crazy of course we did tom luongo right. thanks for being here it's always fun and you really i appreciate that you nerd out on this and over the last hour i mean you're just gonna it's kind of turned my little head around, and you know, but so fascinating the way I, you look at these things. I, I'm just, I just, appreciate just it. planting seeds here, guys. I might not be right about ninety percent. No, I will say this: I might not be right about twenty-five to thirty percent of this stuff. But nobody can be. We all have imperfect information. We're all doing the best we can. What I the the thing that I want to what people to take away from this is not you know the rants or whatever. The, to take away from this is that all everybody all, all the time has to constantly up their game. To try and figure out what's going on. Yes. Okay. And keep your keep your finger on this. We may disagree with what individual events mean. Awesome. I want you invite that. What you don't want is just, well, that's what it always means, and now I'm tuning out because I got news for you. The rules of the game are changing. The world looks different at five and a half percent than it did at zero percent, and we all have gotten very used to analyzing a world at zero percent as opposed to five and a half. And I'm telling you that Powell, even the Dollar markets are now, dollar futures markets are now saying the best Powell is going to do is go back to 4%. 4%? I thought we couldn't even get the 4%. And that's what we're going to be looking at maybe in 2026? Like, are you kidding me? If you'd like to get a little bit of Tom Luongo in your inbox uh, a couple times a week, go to TomLuongo.me or you can go to Gold Goats and Guns and sign up and do a Patreon thing and help them buy goat feed and stuff like that. Tom? Thanks for being here, brother. Appreciate it. It's always thanks. fun. You always just kind of just float my boat. Those thanks. Appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Bye bye. It's good, to, good to catch up yeah. with you and, and everything else. And you guys be well. Take down Longo. He's he's great. Great stuff. Okay, we are going to take a little break here, and then we're going to see what the heck is going on in the world of um, Tom Tom Longo. Kind of did a little promo. Um. Let me plug this first. Because we didn't do any commercials because I was having too much fun. He's a trip, isn't he? So one of the things he said during this broadcast was 
Do you think gold's going to be a good idea? Well, if you understand even, even half of what he was talking about, and I understood about half of how of all the dots are connected, um, Fred Jaszewski, who's a picture, is right here. I've known Fred for, gosh, 35 years or so. He's the former partner of Andrew Goss in the real world of money, who is my mentor. He still is from above, my mentor. In the world of money. So Fred has a company called U.S. Coin Capital, and we would like you to consider um, getting involved with gold and silver, maybe um, now, knowing what you know and what we've been learning about the monetary system with people like Luongo and uh, Greg Manarino. Manorino. I don't know why I have a problem with that. Greg Manorino and Eret, Matthew Eret on, on Monday and the BRICS thing. Big things are going on here, as you know, and it's all plays into the idea that it would be good to have some gold and silver in your underwear drawer or in your safe. So uh, uh, check it out. Call him, 800-878-2646. He will, he will uh, talk to you give you an idea of what you can maybe do or not do or what you want to do, how much money you want to spend, and he'll just work with you and you'll figure it out. That's right. He'll just figure it out. It's as simple as that. He'll figure it out, what you want to do and, and work with you. It's Fred Jaszewski, 800-878-2646. It's just real American money, gold and silver coins. You can buy pre-1965 silver coins, pre-65 silver coins, dimes, quarters, and halves, I think a $1,000 minimum for those. And then see what else he can offer you if you have uh, more to spend. It'd be really good to get some of this in your under your wing for a rainy day, if you know what I mean. So 800-878-2646. Thanks to Tom Luongo for being here. And we are going to be back with you because we got some fun things to talk about. And... Um, I'll give a little plug here. For those of you, it was funny that Tom brought up the flat Earth thing. For those of you, for those of you who who kind of uh, be uh, hang around here for a bit with me over the years, you know that, that I've seen no evidence, zero evidence, that we are spinning around uh, the sun at six hundred sixty, whatever, or spinning on a ball. There's just no evidence. But I've been getting a lot of flack. Um, you know, I don't mind it. It's fun flack from on social media and in, in the inbox and on the comments about how I'm just a Looney Tunes for believing that the Earth is flat. Well, I'll, I'm just going to preface what we're going to talk about here in about 10 minutes is I, I don't, I, you know, I, I'm not a flat earther. So don't pin that on me. I do not belong to the Flat Earth Club. I do not belong to any clubs that will allow me to be a, a member, a member. So if you're on BitChute and you've been really, lots of comments with the Dave, uh, Flat Earth Dave thing, I, I, I think Dave's great, and but 
I think the whole flat earth thing is just not right, the way it's being presented, and then I'm going to tell you why. So, um, and we're going to do that in about 10 minutes. So join us right here. If you're on BitChute right now, just find the next video that we have uploaded after Tom Luongo, and you will, uh, you'll hear the story. Morning Glory. See you in a minute. See you in a From minute. the Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com. <laughs>